0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Product Launch Podcast. As always, I'm the host, Sean Boyce. Uh, I would like to welcome my friend and our guest today, Anthony Mangaluzzo, who is the president of the Managed Service Provider, PCS. Hello, Anthony. How are you? And thanks for being on the show.
1: Hey, Sean. Thanks for having me.
0: Very much. How are you making out in the COVID-19 madness?
1: You know, it's, it's definitely different. You know, we're, we're an essential business. So one of the nice things is I can go to the office and get out of the house uh, just because we provide a lot of services for medical, for government, and things of that nature. Um, but it's definitely different. It's uh, it's a little bit depressing to go into an office that usually has over 100 people and see, you know, maybe four people with half the lights on. Uh, it just, it's just, it's a very different kind of gloomy kind of feeling. But uh, every day we're getting through it, it's one, one day closer to normalcy.
0: It's a good point. Uh, I can only imagine, but hopefully we get back there sooner rather than later. So thank you for being here on the show. If you could, for our guests, describe for us a little bit about what PCS is and perhaps how it came to be.
1: Sure. So what PCS is, we're a 150 plus uh, person IT managed service company. What that basically means is, you know, back in the day, we'll call it, uh, companies used to hire a CIO and IT staff, and that's how they would run their technology. Well, nowadays, you really don't need that. And people are learning that more and more, obviously, through this pandemic. Uh, So what we do is for a fixed monthly fee, we take over the complete services of your technology, uh, hence why they call it managed services. So our businesses, our government entities, they focus on providing the services that they do while we make sure all their infrastructure is running, whether it's on premise, in the cloud, backed up, encrypted, safe, and secure.
0: Excellent, thank you. And I can imagine that being Critically important now more than ever.
1: Yeah, our call volume has actually uh, over doubled uh, since this started. On uh, the first Monday when the uh, shutdown came, we, just in our Morristown and Vineland office, we received over 1,200 phone calls.
0: Wow, that's incredible. I can only imagine. Yeah, that being critical now more than ever, given the nature of everyone pretty much seemingly overnight has been expected to kind of figure out how to work pretty much without skipping a beat, 100% remote.
1: Yeah, and it's it's crazy, too, because a lot of companies never really plan for it. You know, you try to get them to spend the money, you try to educate them. And the joke would always be, oh, well, 100% of my staff ever need to work from home. What, maybe a day for a snowstorm? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, we're we're really testing some firewall capabilities, internet speed. And uh, it, it's interesting, but uh, it, it's really coming together nicely.
0: Yeah, I've been hearing from uh, those that I know that work in industry elsewhere in corporate and especially the larger organizations and them trying to figure out what equipment they're going to need to respond really just very rapidly to the change in demand there seemed to be like a run on things like laptops and all of a sudden these large organizations were struggling desperately to equip their workforce
1: oh big time the, the supply chain has been bad for the last six or seven months um getting computers laptops things of that nature now forget it that's you know whatever whatever's in stock people are buying up quickly and uh, it's just really tough
0: agreed and as part of that, what we wanted to talk about on today's show, and you're the perfect person to talk about this, especially given the nature of the changes with the COVID-19 is being expected to work fully remote, all these, you know, basically the significant disruption that's happened to the workforce and corporate productivity. We want to learn a little bit more from you about what we can do to do so securely while we're working remotely. And I'm sure everybody here listening and as well yourself um, is familiar with the challenges a number of the companies that are expected to perform given the nature of these times and the demand for the video conferencing services with companies like zoom, they've had a number of issues. Um, and I know you're pretty well versed in what's going on there. So we'd love to hear from you how familiar you are with what's going on with companies like zoom. And then eventually we're going to kind of get into talking about what you can do to ensure that you're doing so securely.
1: Sure. Yeah. Hackers, hackers are always one step ahead of the game. No matter, no matter what it's, you always know, always say, uh, you wish they use their power for good, but, uh, The FBI and a a lot of other uh, agencies have been issuing warnings on Zoom. Uh, The word is Zoom bombing. What people have actually figured out that when you set up a Zoom meeting, it generates a random number. Well, hackers are basically bored sitting at home and all they're doing is using computer generators to grab those random numbers. And what they're doing is they're jumping in the meetings Uh, In some cases, I'll call it harmless, even though it's not cool. They're putting pornographic images, other videos, and basically disrupting public meetings, company meetings, things like that. But it's also getting a little worse. The hackers also figured out that if they're able to get into your Zoom meeting, and let's say you're you're VPNed into your, your corporate network, the hacker will give you a link and say, hey, click this link. You don't know if it's a hacker, their name, maybe you're a big company, you don't know all the coworkers. When you click that link, it's actually tricking your computer into giving the bad guys your Windows username and password. So your computer actually tries to log into this link with your Windows credentials and uh, that's causing a huge problem because once you have that, that's like giving the key and the uh, security code away to your house. So that's been a pretty good one.
0: Yeah, that's gotta be awful. I hadn't even heard about it to quite that extent. And it's also interesting to learn like how how they're doing it um, by basically figuring out how Zoom, the product itself, actually works.
1: Exactly, the other, thing, the other thing that's not as publicized, but companies such as Tesla, uh, Google, uh, and many others have banned the service because it's also been widely reported that Zoom accidentally has been funneling their traffic through China and Chinese servers. So you have that going on, plus with concerns about the security and the encryption. So imagine if you're a big company like Tesla and you have to talk about product, you have to talk about patents and trade secrets all through Zoom, you could have the Chinese government looking in on you. So a lot of companies are saying, you know, first Zoom stock was sore and now people are like, eh, I don't know if we trust Zoom so much.
0: That's a good point. That uh, It's got to be something very difficult for them to try to figure out in this mad scramble, especially the demand seemingly have been so high.
1: Exactly. Now, if you are using Zoom, a lot of companies are going to say, you know what, we're, we're not doing anything that important, which I always disagree with, but there is a couple things you could do. Uh, One you want to password protect your meetings Uh, zoom gives you that option when you're setting up the meeting It's pretty easy to do Uh, The other one that I really like it's called the uh, waiting room and I'll give you a real simple analogy The waiting room is almost like having a bouncer at the club, right? Everyone's out in line waiting to get in the club. The bouncer's looking if something does someone doesn't look right Someone doesn't act right. Guess what? They're not getting into the club so that's what the waiting room does where the host of the meeting can verify that it's actually the person that they want to allow into the meeting before allowing them in. So that's a really good feature of zoom.
0: Yeah. I've noticed that them, uh, zoom had been making some changes kind of globally. So I've noticed, uh, having used it myself. So I'm a customer of zoom full disclosure, but I've been noticing that some of the functionality has been changing as they've been updating these settings globally. And some of them are what you're referring to.
1: Lots of updates over the last few weeks between the outlook plugins, the zoom application. I, I, I click I click yes for all the updates right now for Zoom, and uh, I want to say there's at least two or three in the last month, so they're they're cranking away.
0: Yeah, pretty major ones uh, changing on the fly,
1: which is what? also which is also scary too, because most of these changes should take months, so you know right. yeah, if you make the changes really fast, there there's sometimes th- 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 uh, loopholes in those things.
0: That's exactly right. You can only imagine kind of like what mistakes are slipping by if there's inadequate testing being performed.
1: Yeah, like even with, with all the banks with this PPP loan, they're they're designing systems in, in a week that you know, takes three to six months of teams and thoughts and planning and testing. I mean, you, you typically, when you have one of these systems up, you're testing it for a month before you launch it. They're getting six days to do the whole thing.
0: Exactly. I've seen a number of some, we're, we're both well-connected in kind of the software development firm, university, uh, and everybody that builds custom software and things like that. And I've seen posts from those that are running some of those organizations saying that, everyone else out in the world is getting a taste for what it's like to try to mad dash bring software products to the world as their systems get kind of like overturned and overnight demand for their services, just skyrockets and people are desperately looking for updates and stuff like that. Uh, Interesting post nonetheless, but I can only imagine the mad scramble that's going on in a couple of these areas.
1: Yeah, I can't, I can't imagine being, you know, the, the first responders, you know, obviously we've got to thank them for all that they're doing and putting themselves at risk, but there's a few other industries such as bankers and software developers where they might not be on the frontline risk for the virus. I've never seen bankers and, and software developers work so hard. They're on limited sleep and um, you got to give them a lot of credit. They're really, they're helping with this with this battle.
0: Agreed. Absolutely. And desperately needed nonetheless. So I would be curious to learn more from you as well too, kind of what you have heard, other changes with the exception of right, the challenges with video conferencing and doing so securely, what else are you seeing? What other systems are being pushed to the brink? And as such, what should these companies be looking out for? What, what else should they be doing to kind of protect themselves in these types?
1: So there's really a couple things that I would look at not so much from a system issue, but something that's up quite a bit. It's over 600%, and that's email phishing. These hackers know that people are working from home, and you have to look at the headlines and, and trace the data. Look at the patch, right? The headline was, Target was breached, right? Guess what? Target was not breached. The AHVAC company was breached that had a connection to Target. Now you have millions and millions of people working at home. They connect into companies like GE, they connect into companies like Lockheed Martin. Now you don't need to hack Lockheed Martin. You need to hack the individual employee that works there. <clears throat> now, all this information is on LinkedIn, right? I could go on LinkedIn and I could type in Lockheed Martin and I'll get a list of all the employees that work there. I could figure out their email addresses and I could start sending them bad stuff. If I'm a hacker, all I need is one person to click on one link. Now, if I take control of your computer that's connected in, you've just given me a window into your system at the office. So email phishing you have to be very, very careful of. Um, What I've been advising companies is to not allow their users to connect with their home computer. Now, again, we talked earlier about supply chain and they might not be able to get a corporate computer. So the company needs to make sure that the device is secured with antivirus, anti-malware, all the Windows security updates, and they really should have it monitored. So I think we didn't even see it yet, but this could have been possibly one of the the stages for one of the world's largest hacking operations because with email phishing up so much, even if you get one quarter of 1% of what you send, that's a lot of people and a lot of companies at risk. And remember, these hackers are smart. If they're in there, they might not be doing anything now. A lot of times, hackers live in your network for three months, four months, five months before actually doing something. So, we we might we might only see the tip of the iceberg so far.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point. Companies like Zoom may get a lot of the attention, but there could be a lot of damage being done elsewhere. So, it's important to make sure you cover all your bases. Um, yeah, and not, know, and not only
1: that too. These these hackers are just really creepy what they're doing a lot of the a lot of the alerts that they're sending out are Corona or COVID related, and mm-hmm. um, you know, hey, do you need masks? Do you need this? You know, they're they, they work on fear, uncertainty, and doubt, kind of like the stock market. So they try to create a panic. They try to get you to click the link and, you know, to take advantage of a bad situation.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, trying to take an opportunity, like you said, pulling on people's fear. What would you recommend for people? Like, if they get an email that they may have, like it may raise a flag for them or it may look slightly suspicious, like what can they do to ensure that that came from a trusted source? And, you know, what, what, what should process and show go through to kind of prevent themselves from kind of getting stuck in that trap.
1: Yep. So I'll give you, I'll give you a, a few things that you could do. Um, one it's the most primal. It's the oldest so at the office is a little joke. We call it high speed voice technology. If something doesn't look like it's real or it came from someone, pick up the phone and call them. Hey, did you send me this email? Now let's say they don't pick up the phone. It's urgent. You're curious. Again, they're using the fear on you. Hit the reply button. What email address does that reply to? Does it reply to who it says it came from or somewhere else? Most of the time when it looks weird, it's going to go to some random email address you don't even know. The links, if you see a link that says www.google.com, but then you hover over it and it's google.xmf.com, it's not Google. Um, Those bitly links, those little tiny links that people use, again, just hover your mouse over it and see where it's actually taking it to. to. Um, Voicemails are big. A lot of times you'll get a voicemail and it's, an HTML file, wait a second, a voicemail wouldn't be an HTML file or a zip file. Um, when you have, a you know what your voicemails look like when they come from voicemail to email. Why all of a sudden would you get a voicemail from a different service or that virtual fax or that UPS? So you just have to be really careful. And again, don't give your name and password away when you get that email from Office 365 saying your passwords reset. If you look at it, it's half typed wrong, and the address again will be office365.somewhere, not microsoft.com.
0: Good point. So pressing back wherever you can, doing a little bit of homework first before you kind of immediately dive into whatever next step that someone's encouraging you to take, especially probably if it's not something you've ever done before, right? Or a new email you've seen for the first time.
1: Exactly, and we we subscribe and we utilize some phishing training services out there. There's so many too numerous to name, Um, but some of these emails are really good. the other thing is whether you have an in-house it staff or outsource company like ours when in doubt forward the email to your it person Forward the email to your it company have them take a look at it I just the worst thing you could do is click on the email now i will give you one trick obviously this video will live on the internet for a long time so for 2020 this still works i call it the magic phone trick right most of, most of these viruses are set to attack the windows operating system that's that's the most prevalent in business so If you can't get anyone on the phone, you don't have an IT person, and you really want to try to open this email, get your phone, take it off your home wireless network, open the file with your phone, because it's not going to be connected then to any type of corporate network or anything. If it's a Word document and it doesn't open on your phone, it's probably not a real Word document, so that I, I, I could impact your phone. I haven't seen it happen yet, so I would take all my other suggestions first but as a last, last, last resort, this isn't a, that's not a bad way to at least look at it to, to at least, um, you know, calm you down on what's in the email or like, you know, if it's real or not real.
0: Definitely. I imagine that's a good way to kind of protect your work computer at least make sure exactly. that it's the maximum damage. Awesome. Very cool. Thanks for the tip. Now, uh, another question I was going to have for you as well. Obviously a number of these tools are, are struggling challenged by a couple of loopholes being exploited, where we talked about zoom bombing. What, Are there tools or resources out there that you would recommend that take, you know, that hold security paramount in these times for remote productivity?
1: You know what? It's it's scary to say there's not that many good tools because everything's man-made and attackable. What I will say is there's some of the best ways that you could do it. Um, VPN, it's a very secure connection still. So that's a good tool that corporations can use. There's another tool that we utilize a lot. and It's probably my favorite. It's called RD Gateway, Remote Desktop Gateway. It's built into Windows servers. It's a way to securely access your network from home. It encrypts everything, or I shouldn't say from home, from anywhere. And um, it allows you to either jump into your desktop at the office or onto a virtual desktop that lives on the server. There used to be a very good tool called uh, RDP, Remote Desktop Protocol. That is now Swiss cheese and easily hacked by hackers. if you're using RDP, you need to get rid of it immediately. RD Gateway is a good thing. In terms of antivirus, I'm a big fan of WebRoot. They do a great job. They detect uh, different viruses that I don't see a lot of the other programs doing. And you also wanna use a tool such as uh, Malwarebytes. Uh, it's a software that protects against malware, which is different than a virus. Now for the ultimate tool, uh, it can get quite costly, depending, it could be anywhere from, you know, 12 bucks to 20 bucks a system, a month, depending on what you have, is carbon black. If you want to stay protected, if you want to stay safe, carbon black is the best product out there, in my opinion. We utilize it, it costs me about two grand a month over at PCS, but that two grand a month is peace of mind.
0: Agreed, yeah, it always helps to have the appropriate assurance policy whenever necessary, right?
1: Yep, and you, you only need it when you need it, right? But the problem is right. you never know when you need it. <laughs> that's
0: right, that's exactly right. Better to be prepared than not. Fantastic! Thank you so much for being here, Anthony, and sharing your insight. Uh, I think it's going to be especially relevant now more than ever, given the nature of the challenges that people are facing when trying to stay productive, but most, more importantly, secure while they're working from home. Uh, two other questions I have for you before I let you go is number one: What resources would you share with our audience that they can kind of look more into? It could be about the subject matter, could be anything else to learn more about all these things and stay up on, you know, as these things become more, as we become more aware of the challenges that these tools are facing, like all the knowledge you shared with us about the the struggles and challenges that Zoom is having, if an organization wants to be, wants to ensure that they're on top of any of the challenges those tools are having and whether or not they should make a decision at the corporate level as far as whether or not to approve or replace, uh, anything like that would would certainly be helpful.
1: Sure. So I would say follow your favorite tech people. Um, We have have a blog that we post on our website at helpmepcs.com. We share things in our newsletter. And a lot of times you're not gonna see a lot of this stuff on mainstream media. Um, it just, it's not sexy enough, it's not cool enough. And um, you know, so you really wanna just dig into like tech feeds on Twitter um, and, and things of like that. But a lot of times whoever's doing your technology, they'll have some, they'll have some good resources for you. Um, a few other tips and tricks I love to share. Um, my favorite, my favorite, uh, I call it my ninja move, is a service I utilize called Follow Up Then. Um, the website's followupthen.com. It is the greatest reminder service on the planet. If you have an email, you forward it to a time or a date that you wanted to remind you. It will do that. It's helped me with my sales. It's helped me with, you know, managing different things and um, even my personal life. I I can remind me to go to the gym or, you know, um, do anything else. So that's a great service.
0: Yeah, that's a great productivity tip. I love tools like that. Whatever I can do to be more efficient is always helpful.
1: I can I, it's, it's I I sign up for the Ultra Premier. And I think it's like eight bucks a month, nine bucks a month. And I, I can't even think or count how much, how much it's, it's made me in terms of dollars and new sales because stuff that I just would have forgot, um, that reminds me. And uh, my, staff, my staff may or may not like it because it turns me into a pretty good stalker.
0: <laughs> awesome.
1: Make you good at that.
0: I'm a big fan of those productivity tools, though. With all the stuff that's going on nowadays, the easiest way to forget something is to not be prepared for it. So exactly. that's a great, share. great resource. And then last question I have for you before I let you go is who should reach out to you and how can they get in touch?
1: Uh, And right now, you know, we typically only do corporate work, but we're helping anyone. So if you have an issue, anyone, feel free to reach out. Uh, Our phone number is 877 596 4446. Uh, My email is anthony at helpmepcs.com. And, uh, you know, primarily, you know, we're working with business owners, COOs, CFOs, CIOs. Uh, If you're a company between our smallest companies, probably about five employees, and our largest is an international one with about 5,000. So uh, we, we run quite a big gamut.
0: Very cool. Thank you much for sharing, Anthony. I encourage others to take advantage of that advice. Uh, if you want to stay secure, you want to stay productive nowadays, reach out to Anthony and his team. They can help you out. Thank you so much for being here, Anthony. I appreciate you being on the show.
1: Yep, thanks for having me.
0: You got it. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Product Launch Podcast powered by Next Step. If you or anyone you know is involved in scaling a B2B SaaS business, please have them reach out to me about becoming a potential guest on our show. They can email me at sean@nextstep.io. sean at nextstep.io. That's S-E-A-N at this time, we'd like to take a moment to thank the sponsor of our show, Next Step Consulting. Would you like to know what the right next steps are for your B2B SaaS business? Are you trying to grow and scale, but you're stuck? We can help. To find out how Next Step can help your B2B SaaS business achieve its goals, please email me, sean at nextstep.io. That's S-E-A-N at N X T S T E dot Thanks, and keep disrupting. Hey folks, Sean here, and thanks for listening to this episode. I hope you got a ton of value out of it. If you did, I'd encourage you to also sign up for my free five-day email course about launching a profitable B2B SaaS application for less than $750. If you'd like to sign up for that course, you can do so at nextstep.io forward slash b2bsass.